How do you become a DJ and create an incredibly successful lifestyle while everyone around you doesn't even believe it's possible? That's the big question. And this podcast will give you the answer. Welcome to the DJ University Podcast. DJ University Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Ben here from DJ University. Today, I want to talk about one main topic, which is money. So a lot of times people are held back from pursuing their dreams because of lack of capital, right? So they tell themselves, well, I don't have the money to get started and therefore I just won't get started. And I hope that by the end of this podcast episode, I can crush that false belief for you. So there's multiple ways to go about it, right? So the first way and the most obvious way is just to contact your family or friends and ask them if they might be down to support you. So in investor terms in the business world, uh, you would consider that an angel investor who is looking to help out a person um, without any sort of crazy terms, if that makes sense. So you know, the first one I would say is is try to go for low-hanging fruit. Try to contact your family and friends and see if they might be down to support your dreams and uh, give you the seed money to be able to start and pursue your dreams. Because DJ equipment is expensive, right? And so um, the next one is you can, of course, go through a traditional bank and uh, try to, you know, as long as you have a decent amount of credit, you can apply with them. And then it might take, you know, a little bit of while. So it could be a few days, sometimes even weeks before you're approved with an answer. And at that point, you would be able to withdraw those funds and then utilize that capital towards purchasing equipment that you need in order to become a DJ. Now, here's a third way, and this is actually my secret tactic that is going to hopefully blow your mind because that's really what my job is here on this podcast. (laughs) So... It does take a little more work. However, you're using other people's money without having any credit score established. Let me say that again. You're using other people's money without having a credit score established. Now, you may be asking yourself, well, Ben, you just mentioned, you know, contacting your friends and family. You don't necessarily need a credit score in order to, um, you know, get some seed money from them. You're right. However, you may want to protect your relationships that you care about. So whenever you borrow money from friends and family, in the worst case scenario, if you're not able to pay them back, it may actually hurt that relationship, right? At the very minimum, they'll lose trust in you. And then at the maximum, I mean, you guys may you know, lose contact forever. And so I would never wish that upon anybody. So a safer route is actually to use other people's money without having a credit score established and also protecting your loved ones as well. So not borrowing from your friends or your family. Are you ready for it? Okay, so I can't just tell you this is what it is. I have to explain the entire way. So really the way that I I guess if, if I were to put a name on it, it's just OPM, other people's money, okay? But you're gonna do it in an ethical manner as well. So what you're going to do is you're going to make a decision right now that you're going to pursue your dream. That's the first step. It's either you're in or you're out, right? Quit staying in this limbo state where you're just in this maybe state of like, well, maybe if things go right for me, maybe if I win the lottery or some sort of miracle uh, money just lands in my lap. No, 
the most successful people, they work and acquire success. They don't just depend on luck or a miracle to happen. Now, sometimes luck can play a favor towards people who pursue their dreams because they tend to put themselves in front of opportunities and take it, you know, they prepare themselves to be able to take advantage of those opportunities. However, the best way to pursue success is just to work for it, right? It's pretty straightforward. So here we go. So you're going to make a conscious decision that you're going to pursue your dream and make that commitment to yourself and never stop. Okay, so make that commitment that you're going to pursue it and you're not going to end or not going to quit until you achieve it. The next step is to make the announcement that you're officially in business and that you're accepting bookings as a DJ. Now, you can blast this on social media. You can notify your friends and your family, and hopefully they can spread the word for you as well. Okay, that's the reason why you need to make a commitment that you're officially going to pursue your dream no matter what at all costs. Otherwise, if you're in this maybe state, it would be really embarrassing to put that out there that you're accepting bookings and that you're going to start uh, performing events and then not follow through with that, right? It'll be a public embarrassment. <laughs> so the next thing is that really the way that you want to do this is you want to make the announcement that you're officially accepting bookings. However, you know inside your own head that you're not going to perform any events for however long it may take for you to be you know, up and running officially as a DJ. What I what I mean by that is that, you know, you have enough time to learn how to DJ, to practice and really get the art form down so that way you can perform for your book clients at a high caliber. Now I would say at minimum, probably at least six months to be on the safe side, maybe even a year, okay? Now you may be asking yourself, well, Ben, uh, if I am accepting bookings, how am I supposed to perform them in six months or a year? Well, here, here's a great part is, so it doesn't necessarily work as well for nightlife DJs uh, that do nightclubs, bars, uh, or festivals. Oh, actually, you know what? Festivals, I, I changed my mind on that. Actually, festivals can actually work with this as well because a lot of times festivals plan their festival a year in advance, okay? So if you do get a booking with a festival, uh, that would still fall within that time frame. Now, the mobile DJ side, which are private events such as weddings, birthday parties, corporate events, school functions, and that kind of stuff, uh, this works really perfectly for that as well. So my DJ company mainly uh, is a mobile DJ company, so we mainly provide services for private events or special events such as you know school functions, uh, corporate events, and then on the private sector, uh, we're talking about weddings, birthday parties, and, and life celebrations. That's probably the best way to put it. Now, uh, for weddings specifically, a lot of our couples book us six months at minimum in advance, and then on the high end, all the way up to two years in advance before the wedding date, okay? Birthday parties, I would say three to six months, uh, corporate events, three to six months, and then school functions could also be about three to six months, right? And so if you're confident that you're going to be able to acquire the skill uh, of DJing in a full event by yourself within three to six months, uh, then you should be able to pursue those absolutely no problem. If not, I would pursue the wedding clients because those are going to be, you know, six months to at least a year and a half in advance. Okay. 
Now, what you're going to do is you're going to put it out there. You're going to advertise yourself that you're now officially a DJ and you're accepting events. However, you're only accepting bookings, right? You're just going to book these clients, but you're not going to actually perform those events for however long you need. So if, let's say if we're on a six-month timeline, you're, you're t- telling yourself, hey, it's going to take me six months to learn how to DJ and to become really good enough to be able to perform an event. Then, you know, accept those bookings now for events that are happening six months from today. Okay. And so, you know, again, a lot of clients, they have their date already set, right? And they already know, okay, well, you know, uh, my event is six months from now, so I should contact this person. When they contact you, you want to make sure that you have a few things in place. One is that you figure out your pricing model. What are you going to charge for this, right? What I would say is just do some research online to see, you know, what your competitors are charging in your area and just what, uh, you know, relatively what a a DJ uh, charges, right? That's probably the best way to put it. And then maybe in the very beginning, just because you're trying to really get some publicity out there, some experience under your belt, you uh, charge a little below what the average professional DJ charges, right? Because maybe you're not up to that caliber yet. Now, the only reason why I'm suggesting this, this is actually the worst way to figure out your pricing model. But when you're first starting out, you have absolutely no clue as to what the market can support. And so this is probably the easiest way just to kind of get up and running. So that's why I'm giving you kind of the raw and dirty version of like, hey, just do a little bit of research, you know, maybe even call some competitors in your area and ask them what their their pricing is. And then, you know, kind of base your pricing around that and, and, and put something, you know, put a price out there that you feel comfortable with. All right. Then what's really standard in the DJ industry is actually we can charge a 50% reservation deposit upfront to reserve and hold the date for that client. So you're going to, again, promote yourself out there. Hopefully people will contact you. You're going to say, okay, I'm not going to accept any events that are happening less than six months from today, if that's what you're comfortable with. And so you, unfortunately, you know, if they contact you and they're like, oh, you know, my event's happening in two months, say, oh, I'm so sorry. It looks like we're already uh, not, or we're, <laughs> you don't even have to lie. You don't have to say we're already booked up. Uh, that's just what we say because we are already in business. Uh, but what you would say, you know, because I wouldn't suggest lying is saying, hey, you know, we're actually uh, just getting up and running. And unfortunately, it's not within our timeline of of uh, officially being, you know, uh, able to perform events, right? So, um and people appreciate the truth. So I would say, you know, suggest just just be honest and be upfront with them and say, hey, you know, we're just starting out and we're not going to be ready in two months. However, we are accepting events that are happening six months from today. Okay. And then if it is a person that, you know, their event, everything checks the boxes where their event is happening in six months, uh, they're willing to pay you for what you're charging, then you would say, okay, um, I'd like to, uh, you know, accept this booking. Uh, here's our contract. As you can see on a contract, it states uh, 50% down as a reservation deposit to hold your date. And that's a non-refundable deposit, by the way, guys. And then you re- receive the remainder either a couple weeks before the event or you know, some DJs accept it on the day of or even you know uh, that week after the event happens. So whatever you choose uh, to be comfortable with, you can choose whatever policy you want to implement on that. But the main thing is... If you heard me correctly, you now understand that you made the conscious decision that you're going to make a full commitment of pursuing your dream of becoming a DJ, okay? You're going to promote it out there to the public that you are now accepting bookings, however, that you're not accepting any bookings that are happening uh, six months from whatever date you decide to you know, finally do this. 
That way, it gives you enough time to practice and to really get good as a DJ. So that way, when you perform that event, you're fully ready and up and running. Now, there's a catch-22. You kind of need the equipment in order to practice, right? You need, at minimum, a controller and a laptop. Um, And then, of course, you want some speakers and so forth. And ideally, you'd love to be able to practice on the rig that you're going to take out to perform with at events so you have a full... Uh, you know, functioning idea of, of what it feels like to perform on that system. And that's expensive, right? So DJ equipment is not cheap. And so you're going to take those reservation deposits and acquire enough reservation deposits to be able to purchase the gear. Because like I said, people pay you on that day when they decide to book you and sign the contract and it's a non-refundable deposit. Now you do have to fulfill that promise of actually performing the event right? So it does two things. One is that it gives you the seed capital up front to be able to uh, go out and purchase the equipment that you can then can practice on. But then you also have the sense of urgency because you made a commitment with these people six months from today or a year from today um, that you have to deliver. You have to deliver on. So there's no BSing yourself. You actually have to fulfill what you made the promise on, right? And so it's a natural motivator for you to take it very seriously. Okay. And so I think this is probably the absolute best way to pursue becoming a DJ. If you have absolutely no money, you don't have a credit score established and you want to protect your friends and family members from not going through the pain and headache of you potentially not paying them back if you're not able to. And also it avoids you from the pain and headache of pursuing a traditional bank loan. uh, If you don't have any credit, or even if you do have credit, it's still a pain in the butt to acquire a bank loan. So I hope I blew your mind with this secret tactic because it's really powerful because again, you don't need credit. You can literally avoid shopping banks and having to fill up bank uh, loan applications. Uh, you, You can avoid having those awkward conversations with your friends and your family and you can just go directly into business. And guess what, guys? Literally from day one, you are officially in business. So you're working on your dream and moving forward on that dream instantly. It is literally the the best way to go about it. Now, is there risk involved? Absolutely. But every single one of the options that I mentioned have risk involved. If you ask your family and your friends, there's risk involved because if you're not able to pay them back, you may lose out on that relationship. And that's the absolute worst, by the way. If you uh, do secure a bank loan because you have good enough credit and you go through the application process and they approve you, if you're not able to pay them back later on, guess what? It screws up your credit and you're still going to have to owe that money unless you decide to uh, file for bankruptcy and then now you have seven years of terrible credit, right? So it can screw you up in, in life financially. So this is actually a really good option, but it it's only for the people who are fully committed. I would not suggest this option for someone who's just a dabbler, who just has one foot in and one foot out. I would not suggest it for for a person like that. But for many of you who are listening to this podcast, I can feel that you're not that kind of a person because otherwise you wouldn't be listening to this kind of content, right? And so let me summarize again. So what you're going to do is you're going to use other people's money without having a credit score and without screwing over your loved ones. You're going to Make the conscious decision and 110 all-in commitment that you're pursuing this dream and you're not giving up on it no matter what 
And because you've made that commitment, you can now go out there and promote it to everyone that you're now officially in business and you're accepting bookings. You're then going to figure out what your comfort level is and what your realistic expectation is of you acquiring the equipment to be able to practice on and learn how to DJ in a matter of a certain amount of time and that you're not able to perform those events until you have that skill, of course. So if you feel like you can learn within three to five months, a six-month time frame is safe because you give yourself an extra month as a buffer. If you don't feel like you can accomplish learning how to DJ in six months, then I would suggest pushing it to eight months or even a year, right? So that way you really are leaning on the safe side of things. And again, take it from someone who has run a business as a DJ for you know over a decade now. I have accepted people's reservation deposits as a DJ for over a decade now. Nobody has an issue with this because this is how our industry runs. This is common knowledge to people actually. So don't feel bad about uh, requiring a 50% reservation deposit up front that people are paying you before you're delivering the work because what they're paying you for is to secure the date to make sure that you're not going to give it away to anybody else. So they have some skin in the game because they put money down on that date. Now, again, you have to be an honest person. You have to be a person of ethics that you are planning to deliver a really awesome DJ service by the time that their event happens. Because if you don't, then you know by definition, it's unethical, right? And I'm not suggesting that. I am not going to be a supporter of people who screw over other people because it's it's not the right thing to do. We literally at our DJ company have core values and one of our core values is do the right thing no matter how hard it may be at times. And I would suggest that you apply that same principle in your life, not just in the DJ realm, but in your overall life. And I understand that there's probably a lot of confusion, a lot of question marks going off in your head. But I also hope that I got your wheels turning in your brain to understand that these things are possible. And I understand that, you know, the question marks and the confusion comes around you just not knowing how to properly roll this out yet. Because anything new takes practice. Anything new takes real experience. And, you know, I'd love to help you because I understand that, um, you know, going at it alone can seem really scary. And when you have someone that can hold your hand and guide you along the path and show you exactly step-by-step how to roll something out, it becomes less intimidating. So if you're interested in having me provide you some help, go ahead and click on that link inside the show notes to record a voice message to me. And I do take a listen to every single one of them. So click on the link inside the show notes, record a voice message of, you know, what questions I can help answer. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you on the next one. We hope this episode provided you with incredible value. Please leave us a review so we can learn from your feedback on ways to improve. Subscribe to the podcast and be notified when the next episode drops. Lastly, don't just listen to this podcast. Take massive, imperfect action.